Welcome to Canusa Street, a podcast at the intersection of the issues and policies between Canada and the United States. Here are your hosts, Scotty Greenwood and Chris Sands. Welcome back to Canusa Street. I'm Scotty Greenwood, and I'm joined with Chris Sands. Great to be with you, Scotty. You too, as always. And today is really a special day, Chris. I couldn't be more excited about our about our guest. He has a special relationship with President Biden's choice uh, to be U.S. Ambassador to Canada. I know for some of the Canadians, they won't have Ed Rendell as a household name, but in the United States, he absolutely is. Mayor of Phil- uh, Philadelphia from 1992 to 2000. Governor of Pennsylvania from 2003 to 2011, a national figure in the Democratic Party. He also had, for a number of years, as you mentioned, Scotty, David Cohen as one of his right-hand people of interest to those of us who follow Canada U.S., in part because uh, David Cohen is President Biden's nominee to be next ambassador to Canada. That's right. Governor, we're so happy to have you. Uh, Let's talk about Canada. Canada is is even more relevant, um, perhaps, Uh, A guy named David Cohen was your chief of staff. He's also President Biden's choice, as we say, God and Senate willing, uh, to be the ambassador to Canada. And and he's not a public figure. He hasn't been in public life. So for people that don't know David Cohen, tell us about him. What kind of a what kind of a person is he? Well, actually, David became a quasi-public figure. When I took over as mayor in Philadelphia, I was elected in 1991, took my oath of office January 6, uh, 1992, day after my birthday. David was my chief of staff. He had, uh, I knew him from his, from the fact that we were both lawyers. He had done some things for me in one of my earlier campaigns. I made him my campaign manager, and then when I won, I made him my chief of staff. Canada is extraordinarily lucky. Um, David had Canada as one of his first choices. He was interested in either Canada or Germany. And um, he was excited to be nominated to to be the ambassador to Canada. He recognizes that Canada probably is import, has a trading partner, and as one of our, maybe our single most steadfast ally, is crucially important to the United States. So David became my chief of staff, and he became well-known around the city and by the city's media. In fact, many people called him, with my blessing, co-mayor. Basically, I made the decisions on policy. David implemented them. But that's, and by the way, he was incredible at implementing them. I'll tell you a story about that in a second. But he also had a, an effect on policy. It's true that I made the final decision, but I never made an important decision without sitting down and talking it through with David, talking about it from every different angle. And let me say, I've been fortunate to know a lot of great people in my lifetime, a lot of leaders of business and industry, leaders of labor, a lot of politicians. And I've met some incredibly bright people, uh, Bill Clinton, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, David Cohen is as smart as anybody I've ever met. He's as resourceful as anybody I've ever met. He is as perceptive as anybody I've ever met. And he is as fair as anybody I've ever met. And he works tirelessly. Tirelessly. Uh, I'll tell you two good stories about David. To show you how tirelessly he works, in the first three weeks, I've been mayor for three weeks, 
And we were literally at a point where we couldn't pay any bills. The city couldn't pay its bills. So David and I both worked from six in the morning till two at night. And as a result, come the end of the afternoon, we would get tired. I mean, we were not machines. And we were having our first meeting with our homeless czar. Now, the homeless chief in a big American city, it is as thankless a job as you're ever going to get. And the fellow who agreed to be our homeless head was someone who was making three times his government salary in the private sector, but took the job because he thought it was important. He hadn't seen me or David since we were elected. It had been three weeks. So this was his first meeting. And he was revved up, ready to go. He had his papers all set forth. And in my office, there was another meeting going on. And I stepped out and used a small office. And it was David and I and this fellow. And it was a cold winter day, but the heat was on excessively in his office. So it must have been about 90 degrees. <laughs> and he starts going and he starts rolling. And he's a terrific guy, this fellow, but he's got a monotone voice. And after about 20 minutes, I heard heavy breathing from my left. <laughs> I looked over and it appeared to me that David was asleep. I mean, you could visibly hear him, what most people would call snoring. I was so intent on not falling asleep because I didn't want this poor guy who was taking one-fourth of what he was making to help the homeless people. Both the Shiva staff and the mayor were not going to fall asleep on him in his first meeting. I fought so hard to stay awake that I bit my lower lip and I drew blood. Well, he wraps up after about 40 minutes. David snaps to attention and starts asking questions which make it clearly relevant that he was hearing it all the time. He may have been asleep, but he had a gift for hearing what the guy was saying at the same time snoring like a uh, like a bandit. It was unbelievable. <laughs> he has the capacity for work like no one I've ever seen. Second question about his ability to implement. David implements because he drives hard. If you work for David, you deliver. You get things done on time. There are no excuses. He's fair. People come to respect that fairness, so they don't mind the fact that he's tough. But we had something, I created something when I was mayor called the Office of Management and Productivity. And it was responsible for making changes to the government in every area that we could that would either save money or make us more efficient or, or both. And we assigned each of the departments, the streets department, the public property department, the police department. We gave them certain missions to look at whether they could save money. And every two weeks, the head of the department, all 10 or 12 of them, I think there were 12 of them, had to come in, sit in a room at a table with David at the head and report to David on the progress they were making. Well, in a year and a half, mostly because of this management and productivity initiative, we took $250 million out of the cost of annual cost of running the city of Philadelphia, and we eliminated a $250 million structural deficit. And remember, that's $250 million in 1992. It was an extraordinary feat, driven by the fact that David wouldn't take excuses. Those heads of departments 
would be shaking going into the meeting if they had to report no progress on the initiatives that we'd assigned them to undertake. Everybody was scared of David. They all loved me, but they were afraid of David. <laughs> That's perfect. I I wonder if that won't be his uh, his nice uh, sort of same model, but with President Biden being the, the lovable one, and he gets uh, so much done for us on the bilateral agenda. Well, that's actually a very good idea. I mean, they would make a very good team to that, in fact. And by the way, David would be hard-driving and tough, but as I said, he was so fair, and he worked harder than anybody, and they all knew that. So they came to respect him and like him. Uh, he was very well-liked among the government itself, very well-liked. And he'll be someone that the Canadian people will love because David resolves problems in the right way. He sits down at a table to talk to the person who's got the problem. He wants that person to do something, to change their behavior or to make a different decision. But he understands what that person needs as that person sits down at the table to discuss the problem. And he will always try to achieve or make progress on the things that are of concern to someone sitting across the table. So on thorny issues like the pipelines, it's not just the Keystone Pipeline. There's another pipeline that we're battling about that uh, goes through Ohio and a lot of the Midwestern states. And uh, there's controversy about that right now. David will find a way to make progress that is beneficial to both sides. Now, you might say that that's impossible sometimes. Well, I would have thought that, but after seeing David operate for six years, I'm not so sure anything's impossible. Wow. Um, well, that's high praise indeed, uh, Governor. I wanted to ask you about something else. A lot of Americans have a sense of Canada. They see Justin Trudeau, you know, think it, it's a pretty plain vanilla country, but it's increasingly diverse, a country of immigrants just like the United States is. And one thing that I've heard about with, with David Cohen is the role that he's played in promoting real diversity uh, at Comcast and and in and in public life, trying to make sure he is as inclusive as possible and bringing non-traditional folks into his administration and hearing a diversity of views. What What's your sense of him on uh, on those kinds of issues? Do you think that's something that he could bring to a uh, appreciate not just Trudeau, but really all Canadians. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. I don't think there's the slightest doubt that he will do that. Because he'll do it for two reasons. One, because it's the right thing to do. Diversity mm -hmm. is important because it's good for whatever, whether it be Canada, whether it be America. It's, it's good for uh, people to be diverse and to appeal to diverse interests. But he'll also do it because it's good politics. And it creates bridges. And the best way to learn to, if you if you have a predisposition to hate, say, uh, uh, South Dakotans, <laughs> if you, the best way to get over that predisposition is to work next to a South Dakotan. Mm -hmm. People who've been in the Army, and I was fortunate enough to spend six years in the United States Army, you meet different types of people in the Army people from different areas of the country, people from different races, people from different backgrounds. And by being with them in a foxhole, you learn pretty fast. They're just like you. They're afraid of dying. They're not heroes. They're ordinary people, but they care about their country. They love their country and they're good people who want to protect you regardless of what color you are or where you come from. So the best way to do that is to be inclusive. 
And David's done a fabulous, he did a fabulous job with the city. We, I think, tripled the amount of contracts that we gave out city business to minority businesses. He's done a fabulous job with Comcast. Comcast just has done incredible things for diversity. Um, and that's because of David. And uh, I think to that end, uh, if it's needed in Canada-U.S. relationships, David will understand it, and he'll get it done. Mm-hmm. So I think Canada is very fortunate to, to get David, and David is very fortunate to get Canada because I don't know a lot of Canadians, but I read a lot about the country, obviously, and see a lot about it. And I think considering the population of Canada, what you've established as a, with your economy, with your standard of living, with your lifestyle, with the type of uh, uh, relationships Canadian people have, it's nothing short of extraordinary. And I think uh, David, that will energize David to even do more than he thinks he's going to do right now. Well, Governor, that's um, that's so true um, about about how great Canada is. I just have one last kind of question for you, and then and then we can let you go. You've been so generous with us on Canusa Street, but you know you, you've been. We've talked about the fact that you were mayor. We've talked about that you were governor. Um, you were a prosecutor. Uh, you were chairman of the National Governors. You were chairman of the National Democratic Party. Um, people might not know what a sports fan you are, and that you're an NBC analyst um, for the for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles post game show. I think and. And here your here your dear friend of so many years gets gets to have maybe one of the coolest jobs of all, ambassador. Uh, his he people are going to stand up when he walks in the room. They're going to address him as your excellency. And I just of all the great things you've done, and now this uh, this public role that he'll have, um, are you a little bit jealous? Well, I, I can't say I am. I mean. I looked upon, I remember when Mayor Giuliani fired Police Commissioner Bratton, who was a brilliant police commissioner. And I asked a friend of mine who was in New York, why did he fire Bratton? He said, because Bratton was getting too much good publicity and Mayor Giuliani didn't want to share the credit. It never bothered me sharing the credit because remember, I'm the person who brought David Cohn to Philadelphia. (laughs) I'm the person who appointed him chief of staff. So all of his good works go on my balance sheet as well. Now, I'm I'm thrilled for David. He is at the stage of his life that he wants to go back into public service. I think he's been nominated to be ambassador to one of the five most important countries that the United States has relationships with. He'll do a great job. I think Canadians will love him. And besides, I told David... You have a much better national anthem. <laughs> I love O Canada. I often walk around the house singing O Canada. Well, Governor, we are just incredibly grateful to you. We're excited about um, about g- introducing David Cohen to the to the world of Canada U.S. relations, and uh, your your descriptions of him are so um, are so appreciated uh, by our listeners. And, well, I'll tell and you, I- he chose two of my most favorite things in life. Infrastructure and David Cohn. 
which shows you the type of life I have. <laughs> well, it sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty good. Over to Chris for a, for a last word. Oh, just just to say, uh, I, we won't take credit. We've got some great researchers here who made sure we knew who we were talking to and could take full advantage of your, your generosity, Governor. Really, thank you for your public service. Thanks for all that you've done for, for this country and for giving David Cohen over, we hope, uh, as Scotty says, by Senate and God willing, uh, to help steer the Canada-U.S. relationship in a positive direction, which is always needed. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. Let me close by saying that on behalf of Pennsylvania and, and America, not that I'm fested to speak for them, but I think there are tons of Americans who are enormously appreciative of the steadfast alliance that Canada has with the U.S. And we stood by each other almost all the time, and we can't start fighting among ourselves. And David Cohn is a step in the right direction. President Biden appointed very well. That's right. Well, I guess I guess one last question. Did you ask President Biden to do that or did he think of it on his own? No, I mean, um, he thought of it on his own. <laughs> okay. Well, great, great minds think alike. How about that? Absolutely. Thanks so much, Governor. Uh, have a you, great day. You too. Appreciate it very much. Oh my gosh, what an amazing guest we have. How lucky are we to to have uh, the Honorable Ed Rendell back with us on Canusa Street, Chris. He's not only did he talk to us about infrastructure, but he talked to us um, and painted a picture, a really personal and insightful picture of the next U.S. ambassador to Canada, as we say, God and Senate willing. So what a treat it was to hear all about David Cohen from somebody who's known him for, I think he said, 60 years. Well, and it's clear why we don't know him more publicly, even though the, the governor felt that he had, had been almost a co-mayor. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, David Cohen's been a foot soldier working behind the scenes, doing a lot of hard work and obviously accomplishing a lot. I think Canada's lucky to get somebody who's a doer and not a talker. Well, and the U.S.-Canada relationship needs it right now, right, Chris? We have got to, as talented and wonderful as our career civil servants are, there is no substitute for the political folks at the top who can really uh, serve as a back channel at the very, very highest levels. Our countries have had a wonderful tradition uh, of ambassadors who have that capability and uh and, and it's a perfect time um, to send a new politically appointed uh, ambassador to Ottawa. Well, and I, I agree. You look at any number of the issues on the agenda, whether it's finishing the Gordie Howe Bridge, managing COVID border restrictions to get back to some kind of more open normal, thinking about how we're going to build the infrastructure necessary for us to be competitive in the future, and issue after issue. What we need is not the vision, but to actually get things done and to make sure people on both sides of the border are working effectively together. So it may be the perfect time for an ambassador CEO who can help move this relationship forward. Well, and you've, used, you've often said, Chris, we need the firefighters. And it's not just the president and the prime minister, as important as they are. Uh, it, it's the ambassadors. I know Ambassador Kirsten Hillman is looking forward to having a dance partner. She doesn't <laughs> express a preference of who it might be, but uh, 
it, it'll be it'll be great to see to see this relationship of the counterparts in the two countries uh, charging forward. Yes, and if anybody's wondering if Ambassador Hillman asked me to dance, I'm terrible. So he, I'm glad she's finding a dance partner elsewhere. Well, Chris, you've got to do it in high heels and backwards, right? Oh no, wait, that's Ginger <laughs> Rogers. <laughs> Thanks everybody for joining us on Canusa Street, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by the Canadian American Business Council and the Wilson Center. If you like this episode, help others find our show and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify.